your host, Dmitry Filipovich. Welcome to the Hockey PDO cast. My name is Dmitry Filipovich, and joining me is my good buddy, Thomas Drance. Thomas, what's going on? Dmitry, I'm glad to be here, especially for a really important two-part show. Two-part show, indeed. Let's go. Going live from the Sportsnet studio with Cam Sharon, also our buddy as well here. Cam, what's going on? Two-part show, two-guest show. That's right. There we go. That's I'm, right. I'm part one. Cam's part two. No, no. We're all doing it together. Here's what we're doing. <laughs> we're doing the PDO cast semi-famous annual watchability rankings in which let's 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 give the listeners kind of a primer or a peek into our methodology first before we actually start ranking it just so they kind of get a sense of what we're doing. Because I think we had some disagreement. We had some disagreement, but also like it's very clear to note that this isn't like a, a, ranking, power, ranking. a power rankings. Yeah. Like it is correlated in the sense that if you have good players, you're probably going to win a lot of games and be exciting because good players do cool stuff. But there's some bad teams high up on our list that are high up for a reason. It's because they're so bad defensively but have enough skill themselves that they're going to get into kind of fun game environments. Yeah, Cam was really upset with me for having the Buffalo Sabres ranked ahead of, uh, the, of the Vancouver Canucks, as an example. And I don't think the Buffalo Sabres, Sabres will be within 10 points of the Vancouver Canucks by the end of the year. But, I mean, they might be. But uh, but that's the perfect example of a team. Like, if you have Alex Tuck, you're going high up my watchability rankings. He's just so much fun to watch. There's no one else that size that moves like that. And I sort of, as I went through it personally, I, I was sort of trying to prioritize teams that connect play or do enough cool things that while I'm watching, I'll think like, yes. Or like, I'll be looking forward to one or two things that a couple of guys do or the way their power play operates or or just sort of prioritizing that. And then at the bottom end, it's like, which games would I actually seriously consider watching, you know, Nuggets, Spurs, <laughs> if that was the only game on that night? That's sort of how I get to. But I tiered it. We'll we'll go through it. I, I think um, a- after we made our rankings and discussed it, there were a few that I was mm. too low on yeah. that you already convinced me on. So it'll, it'll be fun to go through. More than anything, though, I'm really happy to be doing this show with you this year. Yes. My first time getting to do the watchability rankings, go. in part because... The true Game Center Live junkie in me has been having these internal conversations forever. And and now I get to share it and discuss what what I like about various teams that, you know, I spend some degenerate hours watching. <laughs> well, and Cam, we should say, we're going to update this list as the year goes along. Like, right. I think, like, internally, we're going to keep track of it yeah. in terms of, like, maybe we should do, like, every month kind of yeah. like, keep the list updated. But then we're going to do, like, a mid-season show or something to kind of reflect where we – the more these teams play, the more we see them, the more information we get, we're going to realize we were dead wrong. We're like, oh, maybe we should have been even higher in some so, of these So instead of the annual watchability rankings, these are the semi-annual. Yeah, or I mean, we can, do it, we can do it even more often. And we're also we're really blowing it out this season because all yeah, three of us have submitted our lists, and then we averaged it. And right. then we're going to talk about discrepancies, maybe where we were individually higher or lower as it mm-hmm. presents itself, because as Tom alluded to, there were some instances yeah. where he was clearly just way off. I, I was wrong. I was wrong on one in well, particular. This is this is also a, a Sportsnet Radio first, where Tom is get, gets to be wrong for three consecutive hours. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. I, I also like had some teams that I put aside. Like, I, I mean, we'll, we'll get started soon. But there were teams like Dallas. Okay, mm-hmm. Dallas is a team that, because of my priors from last season, I want to rank very low. Right. Yeah. I had no time for watching Dallas try to do a boa constrictor act and rely solely on one line to do anything at all yeah. last year. And, and you know, it felt like it felt like watching Dallas was just like the reins are on Miro Haskinen mm-hmm. and then they have one cool line and then that's it. Everything else is like sort of sad. 
Can't. around the Dallas Stars. Can every time he does anything, there's people just filling my mentions saying, "Let me roll cook." So yeah, cook. it's it's cool to hear that people yeah. will listen to our inaugural show. Seriously, so, I um, have another one though uh, yep. for the Stars. Play the hints. <laughs> Play the hints. But now, but now, but now, two games into the season, you know, it's not enough for me to be like, "Oh, Dallas is fun and fun now." But they might be, yeah, right. Like I'm willing to consider that Dallas might deserve to be way higher on my list than where I rank them. Yeah, I'm just not ready to do it off of two games yet. I feel like it could have just been a, you know, um, like a Black Swan Mason Marchman highlight, and you know, one sort of game where they scored a bunch. And I, so I'm not ready to, for them to move up my rankings, but I'm open to being convinced as the season goes yeah. along. Well, we'll get to them as we get to the yeah, stars, I guess. yeah, team by team. But here's the thing. So the the logic for this is. On a Saturday, and this is true most Saturdays, where literally every team is somehow playing at the same time, and you as a hockey fan, let's say you don't have allegiances to one particular team, you just want to watch the best game or the most interesting thing, this is what the ranking is for. It's like, oh, these teams are playing, I'm going to prioritize watching them above other teams for whatever reason. And it's it's a good point you brought up, Tom, because like priors certainly play into this. We've only seen most of these teams play like twice so far at this point, maybe yeah. once, maybe three times. In, that, in the case of a team like the Stars, not not to do a full star section here, but teams that have had coaching changes or like significant personnel changes, I find myself gravitating towards because early in the season, I make a point of wanting to see how much they differ from from those priors. And for the Stars, it's it's very encouraging through two games. Cam, what are you before we get into this list? And we're going to do that in a minute here. What are you looking for? What are you what are your priorities? What are you, what type of hockey appeals to you the most what are you from a game setting like what drag what emotionally gets you most invested i think i have coach brain is a problem mm. so i'm looking for teams that give an honest effort really. <laughs> you want to see yeah. guys grinding out there yeah. no what i what i want to see is, is <laughs> i want to see some cohesiveness between uh defense and offense and i just want to see a little bit of chaos as well mm. um I I like watching high scoring games. I as anyone does, and I also like uh, the teams that try and do something a little bit different. Uh, teams that play aggressive on the penalty kill. Here's my goal for the next two there's, hours. There's here. a lot of teams that I boosted because yeah. they power kill. That's uh, I, I I I don't like the term power kill. I know okay. me neither, but it's fun. Here's here's my no. goal for the next two hours. Bring up enough good points that Cam gets at least like marginally excited because he just said the phrase, what I like to watch about hockey in like the most somber tone I've ever heard. <laughs> we are, it is early in the morning, but we got to get we got to get Cam dialed up. I got two and a half hours sleep. Though. All right. Well, we're going to power through it. Let's start. So we're going to go back. To we're top. doing this in a two-parter, right? Okay. So I should say. So we're going to start from the top. We're going to go 32 based on our average. And then we're going to bring it down. I think we should speed through the bottom teams and then focus most on like the actual most interesting top 10 to 15. So we probably won't split it up evenly between the two parts. We're going to kind of breeze through these ones. Cause I think for like teams, 32, 31, and 30, you want to get me excited about something. There's, there's not that much interesting to say, uh, Tom 32 on our list. And I was the only one that ranked them 32. Both of you ranked we, them. We had three different teams ranked at the bottom. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. Well, 32 on our average. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Blackhawks. Wow. So I picked them 31st. I had them 31st. And it's because they played on Saturday against the San Jose Sharks. And I knew that those teams in some order were 32 and 31 for me. Because I have enough morbid curiosity about the Arizona Coyotes that I just couldn't possibly put them last. Like, no team with Vegmelka can be last for me. 
and I suspect you guys agree, can like Carol the Thrill Carol deserves the thrill, a little yeah. bit more yeah. respect than that. So I was watching the game and I decided as I was watching it, I, th- I said, this is terrible. And there's nothing about this game that's going to convince me that these are not the bottom two watchability teams. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let whoever wins be so 31. So I watched it, and I thought whoever is third. It sounds like you should have these teams ranked significantly higher. No, I, I, I legitimately, because I was thinking about this process, and it was the third period, and I was like, I'm going to watch the rest of this game, and whoever wins the game gets to be 31st, and whoever loses the game gets to be 32nd. The Chicago Blackhawks, powered by Jason Dickinson. That's right. Scored a nice goal, eh? Yeah. That was a nice goal. Um, Beat the San Jose Sharks, and the San Jose Sharks. Here's the thing about the Sharks. I'm pretty sure that I could go to a serious hockey fan or even like a hockey reporter, someone who works like in the business, not not like a pro scout, but like mm-hmm. someone outside that role in the business. Probably a few pro scouts too. And maybe a honest. few pro scouts. And I think I could read names at random off the Sharks roster and intersperse them randomly with names from the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen. Mm. And you wouldn't be able to tell me whether or not it was a Sharks player or a Phillies reliever, right? Like... Noah Gregor, Steven Lorenz, right? Like, this team has so many guys, just, like, absolute guys. They they rank so high on the guy meter. Are we doing the Sharks or the Blackhawks right now? <laughs> sharks. No, I mean, he, Tom's lumping them together yeah. here. Fair yeah, they, but they both have that. They both have that. And I know, I know you feel the same way about the Blackhawks. They both have that sense to them. I just feel like at least the Blackhawks have... Like, at least Anthony Sioux is going to score a couple, like, oh, right. big rush goals. Like, at least Max Domi is going to do some stuff that makes some headlines. Like, at least we're going to get to talk about Patrick Kane trade. Like, the Sharks are just kind of set for the year, and they're bad. And Timo Meyer and Tomash Hurdle aside, there's just not going to be a lot there. Uh, uh, you know, people tune into the PDO cast expecting analytics, deep dives, really, like, thoughtful process. And then Tom... Nah delivers with i'm gonna watch this one game and flip a coin based on who wins because it doesn't matter they're both in the same tier they're both they are they are the only two teams that i had in my if there's no nba on tier chicago and san jose here's here's the only thing i'll say about the blackhawks their top line right now at the moment is patrick kane andreas athanasiu and max domi yeah that's fun this team is going to do everything in its power to make sure that none of those players are still on their roster by march 4th right that's all you need to know about where yeah. the Chicago Blackhawks are at this season. And I'm, I'm actually morbidly curious to see what this lineup looks like on March 5th. Yeah. Okay, me too. I, I will say that. I agree and honestly, that. it might be more interesting to watch because like, I like when young players I've never really watched play before. They'll make mistakes, but at least I'm like, oh, I'm But they're not curious. Th- those guys aren't playing for the Hawks yet. Yeah. yeah. No, they won't. That, I, I don't know how they're going to – I assume they're probably going to take back bodies yeah. they're going to the have to just to the, fill the, a lineup out this entire season is basically a long con to convince Kane and Taves to waive their no trade deals yeah. 100% and so we're going to go through a year of hockey in which the most interesting thing about the Chicago Blackhawks is what happens away from the ice yeah. right and so and so they rank low but I think at least they have that drama the Sharks don't even have that well, like they've made their big trade they can't move on they're not going to move on from hurdle and I guess like if you really want to get into will they qualify Timo Meyer? Like if that qualifies as drama for you, maybe the San Jose Sharks well, have no some. One's, no but... one's tuning into any of these games to figure any of these decisions out. No, exactly. Like, That's is... why they're bottom two. I had the Sharks thirtieth. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of you for having them thirty second because I, I I I lingered on that and I I was too much of a coward. Really? I'll admit it. Yeah. You know what? I I'll admit it. I wanted to have them thirty second and I was like, you know what? I I can't. Yeah. I'm going to have them 30th out of respect to Meyer and Hurdle because I still enjoy what they do. Carlson, 
I like their jerseys. I like the all teal. Yeah, they look the, good. at least at least initially like I, I like like my eyes gravitate towards it because it's like oh, yeah. this is new. Like Bet- I, between those two those two teams and the and the and the Coyotes, that was kind of my tiebreaker as well. I like those new jerseys. Really, yeah. but the Sharks have scored six goals in four games. Now they played two sets of back to back already, yeah. but six goals in four games, and you're right. Like their entire roster is a who he play for. Yeah. Well, and they fixed the lighting in the building, by the way, but the yeah, camera yeah, yeah. angle is still bad. Yeah, it's still bad to watch Sharks home games it's relative great. to most of the it's other. It's great teams if you're. It's great if you're live tracking though. Mm-hmm. Is that higher angle? Oh, you can okay. See the, you can see the numbers. Better. Fair enough. I, I've always disliked watching Sharks games on television. At least yeah. they fixed the lighting before they hosted the All Star game three, four years ago. I don't remember if you. Like, do you remember watching it and it looked like a screensaver every time the Sharks played a home game? It was something awful. Always lo- yeah, something always looked off about that yeah, building. Yeah, it was brutal. What well, was the lighting? And now and now that's fixed, so it's better, but the angle still is one okay. of the worst in the league. So we've talked about 32 and 30. Can we talk about 31? Well, 31, Arizona. Yeah. You had them 32 on your list. I, I had them 31. I had um, them 30. You had I them did. 30. I think they could actually be higher than a few other teams purely from the perspective of October 28th, their home opener. How are you not watching that game? Oh, you like, have you to have be. to see what that looks like. And and what if the atmosphere is cool? Yeah. Forty five hundred mad Coyotes fans in Mullet Arena. <laughs> I mean, for for four thousand uh, super drunk ASU students looking for a beer special. Um, Honestly, all fun. jokes aside, if you're gonna be bad and lose a lot of games, yeah, like at least like there. that kind of like carnival yeah. act element of it, like I want to see that. Hundred percent. And and there's enough there's enough Coyotes weirdness. That I'm into it. They're playing their they're playing their games at the 16th hole at the Waste Management Open. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd I definitely would, I would watch that. that. There's <laughs> so <laughs> much Nick Ritchie on this pot on the top. My favorite thing about this no, my favorite <laughs> my favorite thing about this team is that they were so bad last year, and this year they've they brought back the, the this is the exact same top line: Clayton Keller, Travis Boyd, and Nick Schmaltz, running I mean, the exact same first line. <laughs> I mean, that's not. That's not the problem with the team, though. No, <laughs> there's there's many problems with the team, but I find that hilarious. Guys, they've given up 96 shots in two games. They were yeah. against the Bruins and the Penguins on the road, yeah. but 96 shots and 12 goals against in two games. Like some of the totals you're going to see in, in some of these contests are going to be, I mean, it's it's worth tuning in to see what the other team can do offensively against the Coyotes, which I'm interested in. Yeah, like the Sharks are almost like competent enough defensively where. I don't think there's going to be that many like chaotic blowouts. Like, like you watch that Pens game against the Coyotes to start the season, and the first five minutes, I think the shots were like fourteen to one or something. Right. And like, I kind of enjoy seeing that just from like to see the other team highlighted almost, as opposed to kind of being a slog where it's like a two-one game between the Hurricanes and the Sharks, like it was the other night, and nothing really happened. I had the Coyotes like sharpied in the bottom six before the season before the season started and uh the fact that they came back against boston yesterday is kind of encouraging yeah like there could be there could be some chaos here and i should also can i can i give you my corral the thrill story yeah absolutely so that's what this podcast is for our boy uh tyson nash of bali sports arizona Hmm. um likes to call carol the melka corral the thrill yeah that's right and uh we were at a uh i I was at the 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 leafs Coyotes game last year. That's the right. memorable had, Leafs Coyotes yeah, we game. Yeah, we had some, and I think I texted you before the game yeah, saying this is going to be. We, so we, had we had some meetings there. It was it was Kirill night, but yeah. it was also Ryan Dezingle night, as I recall. It was. Yeah. Uh, it was. Dim texted me before the game when he saw that Vimelka was starting. Kirill the thrill, and <laughs> and then it was on TNT, and he had a performance for he's, the ages. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he stopped forty nine of fifty shots. Uh, the the Coyotes were one of two teams to. 
uh, that the Leafs didn't beat last year. That's right. The other being the Canucks. There we go. So I think there's enough morbid curiosity things about the Coyotes. The environment. Mm-hmm. I like the jerseys. Um, I have like weird soft spots for a bunch of guys on their roster. Troy Stetcher being the most obvious, but also guys like Dyson Mayo. Like Dyson Mayo, I think could be totally fine in, on some teams, but he's there and he's hooped. Um, what is more fun than a Josh Brown Shane Gostas bear pair? Come on, that's super fun. A, a lot of, you <laughs> you have you have a lot you have a, you probably have a lot more uh, of a soft spot for Josh Brown. Yeah, than maybe I do. maybe. But I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna have a shutdown guy and an offensive guy, at least make it the most irresponsible defensive guy possible yeah. in Gostas bear and the biggest possible lumbering shutdown guy. No, okay, he's not okay. We'll, we'll talk about Yanni Hockenpah okay. later. Guys, <laughs> we're doing the watchability rankings here in the Hockeypedia cast. we got to keep it moving because yeah. we said we were going to okay. limit the amount of time we spent on the uh, bottom teams. Fair enough. And right now we're on pace yeah. to make this a 10-part. They're more fun. <laughs> They're more fun than this next team. Um, the next team is the Philadelphia Flyers nice. on our list. Uh, Cam, you had them 26th. Tom and I both had them 29th. Uh, started the season with two spirited victories at home. My note here is, for the people with wrestling brain, they're playing... Becky Lynch's theme song for their goal song, which is awesome. That's cool. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm interested in it from the perspective of, I think they have enough, like, as opposed to some of these other teams, they actually have enough competent NHL players where oh, I think. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I, I see what you're saying. Compare it to compare it to the Coyotes, and they do. At least I they have Provorov they, and Sanheim. They do. Connect me. Provorov is. I mean, I wish they had more people with the last name Cates. But <laughs> they started with one of them last year, and then they called up the second one at a, at a like. You texted a few me frantically, later. being like, "Am I missing something?" There, here? Are, two, there are two cases, and both of them, both of the cases played Saturday night. I love it. They're they're on the team now. So yeah. Tom, they just beat the Canucks. Yes, they did. I watched. You, I, wa- I watched that game way more closely than anyone. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have sure. any Flyers takes um, that might have surprised you, or anything to add here uh, uh, on the Flyers? The only watchability thing I noticed, and I'm curious to get Cam's take on this because I know he's watched as well, and we haven't had this conversation yet. I thought they were doing some interesting stuff four on four. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> really, in terms of the drops, I'd... I thought they attacked with a lot of speed at four on four and found a way to like. Um, do some interesting things against a more skilled team. That was the only thing I liked. To be honest, I wasn't really paying too much attention. When it goes four on four, you fast forward. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting. But other than that, like I was thinking about it a lot while watching them. Guys like Provorov, like I like Provorov. I bet you I like Provorov a lot more than Cam does and, and probably a lot more than you do. No, I'm I'm a big Provorov Okay, guy. good. Yeah, he's he was awesome last night. But his skill set is not fun. Like what I like it's about Provorov, yeah. Yeah, what I like about Provorov is that like he's an eliminator and he's subtle and he, you know, slowly angles guys into the wall where they can't do stuff. Like even their fun players are fun in a way that's not that fun, right? Like Konechny, I think is super fun, but yeah. in a way that it's like I think he'd be a great fit as a second liner on a good team. You know, like yeah. there's just no one that jumps off the page and then they have a ton of guys. They have no game breakers. They have no game breakers, and they have a ton of guys who I've never heard of until I watched the game last night. Guys like Wade Allison, who I thought played great. I Wade Allison, like, play, he's not a good player. He played really well in that game. He, he was, was exceptional. Great. And then there was one guy in particular yeah. who stood out for me in that Flyers game, and I was just watching it thinking, oh, my God, this guy. Uh, Ole Lixil. So that was his first NHL game. That was his first NHL game, and it was awful. I was just like, yeah. "Oh my goodness!" Uh, not to cast a spurt, like I'm sorry to his family or whatever, but it's just. I'm like... sure they're listening to the hockey video cast <laughs> here on the, on the Sportsnet Radio Network. It, it, it just, it just, yeah. The 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 Flyers feel like they are held together by sticky tape, connecting some like 
good NHL players whose skills happen to be pretty dull yeah. to a bunch of guys who are absolutely just guys. Real Re- reasonable start to the season. I think that's a, a little unsustainable because it's all effort, and I don't know if they can sustain that effort through. Yeah. Well, Tom, you had me on your show right before the season started. We were previewing the first week of Canucks hockey in terms of their schedule, who they were going to be playing. That's something we're going to be doing on your show regularly this season. And we talked about the Flyers, and we kind of brought up the point of, I'm curious, this could go two ways to start the year, right? Mm-hmm. On the one hand, it could be like, a galvanizing John Tortorella inspires the players to get the absolute most out of them. For sure. Until, you know, talent wins over and they yeah. just can't handle anymore. Slash, or, slash they all get injured blocking shots. Or it just goes chaotically off the rails right away because he's like benching good players to prove a point about totally. effort and stuff well, like that. Well, he can't do that because there are no good players There's, to bench. And, and, uh, and those that are are like defensively responsible. Yeah. Again, like yeah. Provorov and Konechny, right? It'll be like the his top line is Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny, and Scott Lawton. And they're all Kevin defensive. Hayes is a really fun to watch. So I'm yeah. really hoping he has like a full yeah. healthy season. Yeah, he, yeah he, didn't, he didn't look great. He looked yeah. like a guy still a finding his legs. Year, but yeah. he is super fun. I, you know, Scott Lawton's super fun too. I like Lawton, but yeah. I, mean, I like Farabee. I like Frost. Yeah, I, I thought Frost had a really good game and a bit of a chaotic I game. I like Frost outside of what he did uh, Saturday. Right, fair I enough. I shouldn't say last night because when is this, Monday? Yes. Uh, yeah. This is, this is, this <laughs> but is Monday? the Anyway, I think the Flyers suck. Uh, but uh, Tortorella, you never want to face a Tortorella team early in the season. I, yeah. I felt like we saw a lot of that on Saturday okay. n- afternoon in Philly. Let's keep moving. Okay, yeah. next on our list, the Montreal Canadiens. Pass. <laughs> I mean, here, I, I, I was I, was I the highest on them at 25. I had them 27th. Yeah. So I was the highest on yeah, that. I, I really enjoy watching Coffee and Suzuki together. Yeah. yeah. Like, I will tune in just to see that. Me too. The, I think the forward group is like has, like, enough interest there for me. Obviously, the blue line is, like, incredibly young, and they're going to make yeah. a ton of mistakes. But, like, I think it's fine from, an, like, an entertainment perspective. The only Canadians I've seen this year is in their opening game against the Leafs. And I heard you and Shana talk about yeah. uh Caulfield. He looked he looked fantastic. He, he's he like looks everything like he, that we hope he'd be. Yeah, he's he's a much different player than he was at the start of last season. Yeah. He was he was doing it all out there. There's uh there's just a few things like I was thinking about it and I was like there's just enough. First of all, I'm I'm like completely out on the Habs being part of the Bedard sweeps. Like I think they absolutely do not belong in a tier with the teams we talked about to open well, this. Well, I think they probably should. Oh, I, I don't well, like from their aspirations this season. What they want to get out of this year? Tactically, like or strategically, what should management be going for? Probably that. I just think there's no chance they're going to be. Did you see that defense? I did, I did, but they're still like you watch those coy- the Coyotes, and it's you know a completely different thing than it is where it's like, oh, and now the Montreal fourth lines on, and it's Jake Evans and Mike Hoffman, and you're like, okay, those guys are like at least NHL players. Uh, anyway, the the Habs, Jake Evans certainly is. <laughs> the Habs have just enough stuff. Arbor that I like Jack watching. Guy. Corey Schooneman. Yeah, well, the, well, the blue lines but, are work in progress. But Mike David Matheson. Savard. But Mike Matheson's going to come back at some point, and then you're going to have and, that a feature or a bug. Well, for winning or for watchability, because Fair it's enough. absolutely yeah. a feature for watchability. watchability. At the end of the day, he's a yeah. six foot three guy who's you know a top ten straight line skater yeah. in hockey. I mean, he's defenseman Mikhaev. Yeah. Like it's fun. One thing I would like to see a little bit more of is, uh, well, it's it's very clear that Martin St. Louis hasn't really caught on to Yuri Slavkovsky yet, and he's going to look for something to do with him because yeah. right now, like he played three shifts in the third period against Toronto. He's he just he's Slavkovsky's in the lineup because Hughes wants Slavkovsky in the lineup, and well, I don't think St. Louis wants him. There. I mean, Shane Wright played six minutes in the opener, and then has been healthy scratch the past two games. Yeah, Marco Rossi. Marco Rossi's yeah. getting like, a shift every. Ten minutes. Nils like, Hoaglander yeah. in Vancouver. I don't know. No, Coaches no. don't know how to handle young players. No, but for, for first overall picks though, tend to tend to when they make the league, they make the league. Yeah. yeah. 
with uh with regards to just really quickly coming back to this like i'm you know i'm the original kirby doc skeptic but he's fun to watch especially now that they've figured out that he's not a center i think there's a real chance that he can level up and be like you know um the poor man's version of like a pool yarvi type which is the poor man's version of a nichushkin type just like a big assertive guy on the forecheck if that happens they'll be fun to watch yeah. josh anderson's one of the most unique He's players archery lackadan replacement right also well, also i want to say that sean monahan looked uh, annoyingly competent yeah of course he did He's totally fine, and they're gonna flip him probably for yeah. th- at, at half retained. And yeah. anyway, they're gonna get less for him than Scott they have. Ellis they have Bre- they have Brendan Gallagher fighting with get people, just like chirping people, getting cross checked in the face, and then eventually we're gonna get to see Mike Matheson run PP one, and it's gonna be fun. There's just enough stuff in Montreal, and I actually think St. Louis is pretty decent. They had a five forward second unit because they didn't have a single a single defenseman other than Chris Weidman that they could competently roll out as a, well, as a guy to I, I, put on the point. A single the defenseman point. except for Chris Weidman. That's like, that's okay, a, I know. So Chris Weidman is their, their yeah, first guys, brutal. We're going to take a quick break here. Okay. And this is how you know how uh, we're getting fired I'm a podcasting up. and broadcasting professional. This is a tease. Yeah. Ooh. When we're back, Ooh. we're going to talk about the New York Islanders. You're listening <laughs> to the Hockey PDO cast on the Sportsnet Radio Network. All right, we're back here in the Hockey PDO cast. So let's keep let's keep breezing here. We're at 27 on our watchability rankings. The New York Islanders, who I had 26th, Tom had 24th, Cam, you had them 27th. Mm-hmm. I had to have them higher than some of these other teams we mentioned because Matt Barzell, just as a singular talent, sucks you in and out. Even when he's like kind of dancing around the offensive zone for 30 seconds with the puck and then like it leads to a point shot or nothing that constructive. It's still so fun to watch him do it that from an entertainer perspective that and I actually think when they're when they're playing right, they're a good counter team and I enjoy that from from my product. I'm curious to see under Lane Lambert. I know he was on the coaching staff before. It seems like they're gonna be a bit more aggressive in terms of like kind of going for offense and potentially sacrificing a bit defensively. So I'm tuning in to see that all of that. Yeah, that's uh, Matt Parcel had such a such a great first two years and then Barry Trotz came in, he was really like reeled back in. He was handling the puck less and and I, it feels like it feels like the reason why Trotz was out was because there was a bit of a power struggle. Lou wanted the team to be a bit more offensive, so I'd like to see Barzell break out. Uh, there's a couple of quick things about the Islanders that I had that sort of elevated them into the tier of like they they at least have a couple things I enjoy watching. Uh, in addition to Barzell doing Barzell stuff, um, Noah Dobson is so big and so fast that he gets the jersey flapping behind him nice. when he yeah. skates with the puck through uh, through the neutral zone. Um, shades of Mike Medano, you know, like you have to be the right dimensions and the right amount of speed to get that effect. He does. I love that. Um, Ryan Pulak, I could watch that guy shoot pucks all day. And then I think Adam Pellick might be one of the best defensive players in the league, and I really enjoy watching him play. He's just so smart. Also, they overuse Oliver Wallstrom on the power play if he's yeah. ever there, and uh, you know, panes of glass behind the net. Are, <laughs> beware. Yeah, yeah that's that's uh, that's a do- I'm docking them for that. I don't like the inefficient volume shooter on the yeah. power play. All right, twenty six. The Blue Jackets. We're all pretty in your Cam, you were highest twenty three. I'm twenty five. Tom twenty seventh. Here's what I'll say about the Blue Jackets. Last year defensively at five on five. They were 32nd in expected goals against, 32nd in shots against, and 31st in goals against. I think they might be worse defensively this season. Yeah, they added good brands. And from from a game setting perspective, 
I think there's going to be a lot of like really crooked numbers on the scoreboard in Blue Jackets yeah. games. And with, with Johnny Goodrow there now and they have like some young offensive talent, I think they can score some themselves. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be like good hockey. I think they're going to lose a lot, but I think it will be relatively entertaining. They're not, they're not the, they're not a caliber of team that can come back when they're down two nothing regularly though. You're not going to be looking at them as like, no, oh, but the, if yeah, they're down four one, they can definitely score that second goal. Yeah. I was prepared before the season to have them, you know, closer to average to mm-hmm. be totally honest with you. But then, uh, KJ didn't make the team and Lyonnais out for three to four weeks. So, yep. you know, once the Blue Jackets gain the courage to give me a Gaudreau, Kent Johnson, Patrick Lyonnais line and, and Lyonnais returns the lineup, uh, I'll probably start watching a lot more Columbus Blue Jackets. But until then, I also don't know whatever. When, when's Alexander Texier going to come back? I'm a big fan. I'm actually a big fan. Yeah, of he's Texier. really good. I'm, I'm with you. I think he's out indefinitely for the yeah. full season. I, 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 I would say that, like, Two years from now, I could see this team being really high, though, because they've drafted so remarkably well, well with and, the help of the computer boys the and, last couple years. And super fun players, too, like Matejchuk's going to be super fun. Oh, yeah. And then and yeah. so is Juracic, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. So, no, once I you, agree with you. Yeah, once those guys replace the the, the Gavrikov and Peak. Yeah. I mean, guys. Pairing. Oof. Good Branson's played 52 minutes at 5 on 5. They're getting outshot 40 to 15. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> so if you if you watch that video of the of the Jackets management, it was when they signed Good Branson that they they kind of op- they Clued reopened to... they, they they reopened the possibility of oh we could bring his buddy Goudreau over from the Flames, and by doing that they had to get rid of Oliver Bjorkstrand, and I'm not sure whether I would have traded Oliver Bjorkstrand for uh, Johnny Goudreau plus Eric Branson. Well, especially once you factor in the the contract. Yeah, and and we'll I'm sure get back into Bjorkstrand when we get to the yeah. Kraken, which has to be soon. Who are which, next on our list at yeah. twenty? Wow, has look to be. That, look wow. at that. That's, synergy, this is, baby. This yeah. is why I love you, Sinvasiyan. <laughs> Classic. All right, Kraken, Cam, you were shockingly high on them. You All had him 18th. Them. I had him 28th, mm-hmm. and I was 23, so I was right in the middle. Yeah. And and I, I love the offensive upgrades they've made. We've already seen the effects of Bjorkstrand and and, and Burakovsky in terms of like that shooting ability where they can just one shot scores. Yeah. Do something that they really didn't have any of last year. This team's not good. No, no, not. But you talk about you. Do, we talk about teams that are never out of a game when they're down two or three. They're the never. Kraken are never. They're never <laughs> in the game. Through. They're ne- no. They're never through. They're up by three goals. <laughs> and you're white. And you, and you know. And you're like, okay, well. What's <laughs> here's what I'll say. How, how it's it's not. Are they going to blow this lead? It's if, how long or like how long until they blow this lead? If you're going to tune into a Kraken game, though, you better catch the opening puck drop. I yeah. tweeted this yesterday. They played 85 NHL games. They've given up a goal on on the first shot they faced yeah. in 12 of them. And I was looking. I think 11 others. They gave up a goal within the first five minutes. Oof. It's ne- it's never a good sign when you're giving up goals when the the starting lineups are still uh, <laughs> being, being, being played being on the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, the score so bug's not yeah. even on. You don't even know <laughs> what time it is. <laughs> I think that I was counting. I think that's ten or twelve seconds in the game. I don't know yet because the clock's not on. Yeah, <laughs> Matt, Matty Beneers, Mich- Michigan Wolverines, like <laughs> yeah, and your opponent scores. Yeah. Um, with the Kraken. Having watched them a fair bit in the preseason, because I cover a team up in the Pacific Northwest, also having seen a, a little bit of them early, adding Beniers, Burakovsky, um, Bjorkstrand, and then also getting Brandon Tanev back, yeah. just like gives them a level of push and speed in the neutral yeah. zone that they were completely absent last year. So that's sort of why I was a little bit higher on them. Yeah. That defense still can't move the puck, and that's sort of the main problem. But yeah. got to give a shout out to my guy, Will Borgen. Who is like probably he's in my like Mason Appleton tier of like just like guy I like a lot for no reason. Yeah. So so I, I just 
there's something there, man. He's a good player. Okay, this is the time for the, this anecdote because we've actually done a good job here breezing through a few teams. I think we've avoided ourselves a sure. couple minutes of uh, a filibustering. This summer, the three of us were hanging out at the beach, and I brought up the point of, I think it's okay to not have takes on every single player. I watch a depressing amount of hockey. Yeah, I, I I've seen everyone play. There's some guys I can watch them ten times. I don't know if they're good or bad. They're probably not good if I have no take on them at this point. But I'm sure in the right setting they could be fine. So sometimes I just defer and I just go, I don't know anything about this guy. Tom, I've yet to come across a player that you didn't have a strong take on. <laughs> that's why you're professional. That's why you're on the show. And that's well, why you're talking up Will Borgen right do, now. Do you remember we started doing it? Cam was reading off all the guys that played 82 games. That's right, yeah. uh, and, and it was like, yeah, I did end up having a take. Even if the take was just like, when did he move to center? Like I at least had a but, take but what, on what that was it? Though Cam listed off ten guys, and I'm like, honestly, like none of these guys. I have nothing to say about them. And then he said Luke Cunning, and I'm like, okay, hold on. <laughs> yep. Nice day at Spanish Banks. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Anything else on the Kraken, or should we move on? No, to let's move on. Uh, I really like their jerseys. Just because yeah. we, uh, you know, yeah. we, we mentioned that with the Sharks, that should be fair. To the, the, they're going to have a two-tone with the S as the primary, and I think it's going to be absolute yeah. fire once they do their reverse retro on Bale. So. Yeah. Yeah, they've nailed the branding, despite the fact that they've, you know, yeah. not built a good team that's easy to relate to. Yeah. 24, the Winnipeg Jets, who I had significantly high. Well, I had 19th. Ooh. We're being dragged down. Cam, oh, Tom, you also had 19th. I had 19th. Cam's yeah. dragging us down here with 29. That's is this, ridiculous. Is this, is this the Rick bonus effect? I hate this team. <laughs> I don't think that's unreasonable, by the way. It's just that they have s- enough. The personnel fun itself. Stuff. No, the personnel itself is. You yeah. can see, you can argue they don't get the most this out of them, and at this point, we shouldn't Pierre expect Le- them to. This Pierre is Pierre Luc Dubois. Pierre Luc Dubois sure. is the dirtiest player in the league. Can don't get don't get no, the show canceled right he gets, now. He gets no disrespect for just how dirty he is on just about every play. He will elbow you in the back just kind of casually throughout like in the boards. He'll run the goalie a little bit. He'll 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 lay he'll keep his leg out a little bit to trip a guy. Like it sounds personal. It sounds a little personal. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he, should, uh... he should have been suspended in the playoffs <laughs> for that hit on Jake Muzzin, but and he scored a hat trick. But yeah. I, I, I hate the Jets. I I have no I don't like anything about them. I, I, that's look, not true i like i they have some young d coming up that i quite like i don't think no, their personnel their yeah. personnel is like they should be in the top half based on the personnel they have if you had a if you had um a coach an enterprising coach who like brought in an innovative system that got the most out of these players mm-hmm. they should be significantly higher i, I yeah gotta I, gotta give bonus a little bit of credit nick nick top line and first power play unit is five years overdue, and you're, he finally has done it. You're not allowed to say the line. Got to give bonus credit on the PDO. <laughs> I'm sorry. You gotta. You gotta. You really. You really. You really gotta hand it to him. Yeah, the, um, the Dallas <laughs> Stars are still catching strays because of him. Super fair. With regards, oh, and we'll get to that. With regards to, um, okay, one of my favorite like odd things to watch in the entire league Mason is Mason Appleton. Well, no, that Mason Appleton too. No, it's uh, Kyle Connor working without the puck to get open. Yeah, he is the best in the league at it. It is a ton of fun. Yeah. Every time the Jets have the puck in the offensive end, I just watch Kyle Connor work, and he's just he like he breaks so much sweat just trying to find and identify the uh, open area of coverage. And so often he gets such a good shot out of it. It's just 
he's a savant. He that made, alone makes them above average or at least close to average for me. He made a seamless transition from a net front power play player to a flank player. Yeah. And he was just absolutely elite at both. You're he's right. So he's good. he's he's an incredibly talented goal scorer. Yeah. And I, and it's but it's the it's the the work rate like everyone sees the speed, everyone sees the shot. The loud skills are obvious. What makes Connor special is the way he works to find those soft areas. He works harder at it and has a better feel for it than anyone else in the league. That alone makes makes the Jets special for me to watch. Like I enjoy it just to watch Kyle Connor work also, without the puck. I also say this about the Jets is I'm not as I think that Blake Wheeler's Wheeler still has a bit, little bit of game left. Yeah, he's fun too. He's not as a playmaker, yeah, yeah, certainly. He's he's not he's not he's like there's you know, there's rumors of his demise. I think he's fine. Oh, it, but it's but it's um it's his his demise is like I would compare it to uh Jakub Voracek. You know where it's like he's still going to have points. He can yeah. still do some fun stuff offensively. It's just the two-way driving yeah. impact of his game is yeah. muted significantly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the Connor point, especially if he's playing with the Oilers full-time at 5-on-5, five five, who's like on the short list of best puck transporters in the league, that's such a perfect combo yeah. for just like work hard to get open and this guy's going to get you the puck. Like that's, that's and sick. Honestly, even even guys like Adam Lowry, I like have a soft spot for. I, I like Adam Lowry's game overall. And... You don't have to have a take on everybody. We I just, know. We I, just went I, over just this. talked about Sorry. This. What, what I'm picking up here is that this is a Jets team that seems to be flying under the radar. <laughs> flying under the radar. Exactly. And, and especially Adam Lowry. And Mason Appleton. Let's go. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm so upset by everything that's happening right now. Um, Wait, Tim, do you see that Sacramento Island is on this team too? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's an old joke. No, they, uh, the Jets, I mean, they're blue line. Like, they have good play. Like, I don't know. This, this team should be so much higher. So, I'm with Cam in the sense that I hate them because it's so frustrating that they're not higher. Um, and they're not going to be I, I hate them year. for different reasons than you do. I just hate this team. Yeah. I'm okay. never going to watch them because of that. <laughs> 23rd on our list. The Ottawa Senators. I had um, them lowest, right? I had them 28. Yeah. So I think they could be fun. I just don't think they're fun yet. The thing that I like about the Ottawa Senators is that I love me some Brady Kachuk. Brady Kachuk is like a character, a competitor, a player. There's a there's a ton that I like about how Brady Kachuk plays. But aside from that, I, you know, and maybe this is my personal bias too, because I just see so much Canucks in them. This, this Senators team to me feels like a late Benning era Canucks team where it's like their fans really want to raise a banner for winning the offseason but at the end of the day they have Travis Hamannick in the top four and Tyler Mott yeah and Tyler Mott killing penalties which by the way yeah. that actually ups their watchability rankings yeah. but like they, they're just they're not going to be good they, they're not going to be able to move the puck well enough these offensive players are not going to be fed well enough uh, Thomas Shabbat's not going to get enough rest like, there's just going to be so much about this team that falls short of expectations and is ultimately very frustrating, and so I couldn't rank them high. I had them ranked in the top half, and in defense of the Ottawa Senators, they do a lot of silly, aggressive things. They don't have the personnel to be as aggressive on the on the penalty kill as they are, mm -hmm. um, But and yet they do. Now, they've lost Connor Brown, or they traded Connor Brown, so he was one of their best. But I also see three lines where they have at least a good offensive duo and saw them Saturday night against the Leafs. But their top two lines were moving the puck very well. Yeah, they played well. Once they get, in, once they get into the offensive zone, they start moving the puck. They have enough talent to, to do interesting things. And as with the Kraken, they're bad enough defensively that if they're up by three goals in the first period, that lead is not being held. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I had them higher. I had them 22nd. Yeah. I think you had them yeah. just 16. I think that they're going to be in a fair share of 5-4, 6-4 games this year. Yeah, I, I just think that they are going to be a massive disappointment on the whole. And there was oh, nothing more. And like They're not good. Well, and, and, but that's not what I'm but, making. But I also have to factor in, like, I always loved uh, Senator's Twitter. Right. Mm-hmm. So like part of the watching game experience is like, what does my Twitter feed look like when their games are on? But now Senators fans are optimistic for the first time in a decade. And I and, and I hadn't realized how annoying they all were. So I'm also docking them for that. Like Senators fans actually think this team's going to be decent and they're not. And that adds sort of Tom, a Tom, you're going to be the sit- when they go on a, on their losing streak. You're just going to be the sickos guy. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> yes. That's that's exactly right. That's that's I, I like can't wait for the Senators to take an entertaining path to 78 points. Like how, I, how dare people have fun? I loathe, I loathe this team. <laughs> 22nd on our list, the National Predators. Cam, you were lowest 25. Tom and yeah. I both had him at 20. Um, I think there's enough here in terms of like fun players, especially with the puck, that I really enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. I just, when we're talking about game environments, there are large stretches of Predators games where like not much happens. Yep. And from a watchability mm-hmm. perspective, that drags them down when they're, when they're humming, when they're at their best. They're really fun to watch, but unfortunately, that never seems to like extend over a full 60 minutes of play. So I think they're one of those teams where you can tune in and out, basically, and kind of like get the full experience without necessarily having to sit through a full game. I'm going to remind myself like 10 times this year that Nino Niederreiter plays there. Yeah. 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 Like, it's, you just kind of, you just kind of tune them out because it's so easy to tune them out because, as you say, they just go through these long stretches of nothing it's it's very meh like i john hines i think is a very yeah but then, uneventful game style i think they're gonna be i think they're gonna be pretty good though like like not in terms of like competing for a stanley cup but like they're not gonna be a bad team no like, they basically they did they actually had a pretty good off season i think in terms of they like nino was great they added nino yeah. and mcdonough without necessarily sacrificing anything anything from their roster value yeah. yeah it was just worthwhile well like, and and i think i think just um Sorry, McDonough and Ekholm could be a lot of fun, even though there's not a ton of like uh, push from that pair. Um, obviously, that pair would have been unreal five years ago. This now, now though, I still think it's going to be fun because they're both so smart defensively and and yeah. so tough. Um, at the end of the day, it's really hard for me to not have a team with Philip Forsberg on it in the top half. But there's just a couple things that Nashville does uh, on a team level. Uh, over reliance on point shots on the power play that I find like take away from my enjoyment. Like if I'm watching them, I'm going to get frustrated yep. watching some of the things they do. Another one is you know when all their forwards are standing at the blue line waiting for Roman Yossi to enter the zone. Yeah, like look- it, 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 there's just certain elements, phases of the game that always happen when I'm watching the Predators. Yeah, that I find myself being like, why? Why do you do it that way? You've you've compared Roman Yossi to uh, to an inefficient shooting guard yeah he's a hero ball shooting guard yeah yeah and i it it just takes away from my enjoyment i just i see lots of opportunity cost when i watch the natural predators and and that's not fun for anyone yeah well it came up a lot last year when everyone was trying to make the point of of how valuable he was it was like look how look look how much he's doing and it's like yeah that's kind of the point like that's the problem here right like not not that they had such better alternatives but like I think we'd all agree that in, when you're trying to map out how you want your team to operate offensively, you typically don't trying want to get just funneling start, everything through. Trying to get your star defenseman 100 points seems like a really bad way to go Especially when it. you have, like, actual dynamic yeah. playmakers. Like, even, like, even Grandland, like, the, the resurgence Duchesne had last year. Like, yeah. they have players who can do really cool stuff with the puck in the offensive zone. 
those should be the guys who always have the puck, not any defenseman as good as like as dynamic as Roman Yossi is. Also, yeah. shout out to uh, Short King Yusei Saros. At some point, super fun. At some point over the last fifteen years, uh, hockey people decided that goalies had to be between uh, six two and six five, and Saros is Saros being good at five eleven is hopefully going to change a little bit of that. I think that the reason why there's no good goalies in Canadian hockey right now is because uh, we select for goalies just based on size. As opposed know? to athleticism. Yeah. yeah. And Saros is super fun to watch. Him him, and Forsberg were a big reason, uh, like sort of did a big thing in buttressing where this team was um, for me in my rankings. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think Philip Forsberg is, is like one of, if not the best power forwards in the game, but no one thinks of him as such yeah, because he's, he's like not that big of a Swedish player. But he's like he's so like like when he when he puts his head down and his shoulder down he drives to the net, like he's you're yeah, not getting the puck good from luck. him. Yeah, and that's really cool to watch. Philip so. Povich for his that's right. All right, number twenty one here on our list, the Dallas Stars. Who I should say I had them fifteenth. Wow, play the you, hints. You had them twenty six, Tom. That's why they're this low on our list. Well, I just need to see it. I need to see proof of concept. We talked about it a little bit in in part one, but. Um, I think there's a lot of possibility for them to level up very quickly. I, and I sort of put them in a tier that's like, I don't think they're fun yet, but there's some upside there. Columbus was in that tier too, so was Ottawa. So, you know, I see a path toward them being extremely fun because R- Rope Hints is incredible. Yep. Uh, Robertson is incredible. Haskinen is incredible. I even have time for things like I like watching Essa Lindell shoot. Like there's like a ton of stuff that the Sharks or the sorry, the Stars do that I find super fun. But I just I need to see them put it all together, absent uh, a bonus defensive system. I've I've watched this team play too many games, just suffocating their opponents slowly. If they if they come out and play hockey the way they have the first two games, I could easily see them being in the top half in my midseason. Let me read you a quote. Rupe hints after the game last night or on Saturday night. Ooh, he got a notebook out when he was asked if the blue line, if the decisions the team is making at the uh, offensive blue line feel different this year. This is what Rupe hints said. Yeah. We don't dump it in every time now. Last year, we dumped it a lot. I think it's going to create more offense for us when we handle the puck and create some things. Shots fired. Last year, we dumped it a lot. Turns out, turns <laughs> out also, Rupe Hintz agrees that we should not be, quote-unquote, giving it to Rick Bonus. <laughs> Rupe Hintz hates the Jets. <laughs> honestly, honestly, Cam, we yeah. talked about this in, in the Miro discussion on mm-hmm. players we're excited to watch this year. This is exactly what we want to see. This team has enough skating talent to actually – push the pace and attack off the rush, especially when its best players are out there. And Rupe, uh, Miro scored like a four-on-four goal against the Predators where he was leading the rush. He passed it off, drove to the net, got it back. That's I, that's exactly what I want to see. So I actually yeah. do believe that we should already bump them up higher because yeah. if the Rick Bonus was still the coach based on what they did the past few years, 26 is the good ranking. I think 15th, potential higher for even more, is in play. I here. just need to see. I just need to see it. I need to see it. I'm sorry. That's my uh, my priors are too strong here. And uh, and one last thing is... Um, Talk about Yanni Hockenpah. Yeah, I love Hockenpah. Uh, and sorry, and I believe it's Hockenpah, if mm. we're going to be... Uh, okay. Just like it's Haskinen, not Haskinen. Anyway, with... Um, it's a Finnish thing. Okay. With, uh, with regards to... Um, DeBoer. DeBoer's tended to coach aggressively, like defensively, but aggressively. So, uh, look, I, I admit that I may be a little bit low on the on the ranking here. I just I need to see it because yeah. I've got this. Like, remember, I, I lived in the bubble, right? Right for for like right bubble adjacent in Edmonton for two months. So I watched them play twenty four games, just playing, you know, possum. Um, you know, they've 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 got 
they've got some goodwill to build up with me first. Well, in in the NFL, you have your your offensive coaches and your defensive coaches, and you kind of alternate between them. And I think that in hockey, you kind of have your detail coaches and your vibes coaches. Mm. Bonus is a detail coach. DeBoer is a vibes coach. But, but DeBoer's detailed. No, DeBoer, DeBoer's very detailed. DeBoer's like annoyingly detailed. Players yeah. tune him out. The Golden Knights players were pretty upset when, when, <laughs> yeah. when he was there because they had a lot of tape study after games. I think he's a great I think he's a great. Well, coach. I don't think they were very good. <laughs> no, well, I, they were they were working hard. I don't know, regardless of what, what your mileage and the results. I think he's yeah. he's definitely, a, maybe, I guess you could argue, like overly detailed in terms of micromanaging, yeah. if anything. Okay, so, well. I'm excited. <laughs> so there you go. All right, 20 on our list, the Washington Capitals, who I I had them relatively low on my list. I had them 21st. You guys each had them 18, 19. We had them roughly equal. Yeah, yeah but I mean, like, I, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't have them any higher because, like, I know exactly what I'm going to get. You've seen this them, film which before. Which is fine. Like, Ovech- it's the Ovechkin goals. Goals chase, and they've they basically is, yeah. they've basically set this organization up to try and get Alex Ovechkin to his 809th fifth goal. I think that's a very inspired thing to do as a franchise. They won their cup, whatever. Do something that no team has ever done. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to have like legs in terms of legacy branding for them yeah. for 25 years. I mean, you're this deep in, you might as well yeah. uh, see it through. End of the day, end of the day, I I think they have three decent lines that play pretty. Like I, I thought their game against the Leafs, they mm. played pretty well. Um, I, I have some time for the way guys like Orlov and, and Jensen and Farivari like yeah. control play. Um, you know, I think they'll be I think they'll be good and I, I think they'll be fun to watch. I have a lot of time for their checking line too. I don't really say that about a lot of checking lines, but I've always been a big Nick Dowd guy. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Dowd, Garnet Hathaway. Yeah. Uh, I, the, they're they're not watchable, but they're I, they're fine. We talked I talked about this uh, a little bit with uh with Dimitri on the show last week, which was like how everyone over time becomes a one three one cynical defensive team like you start as the high-flying caps and you become that you start as the high-flying tampa bay lightning and you become that and i had an nhl scout reach out to me and suggest that the one three one should be called the crab because over a long enough period of time everyone <laughs> evolves into it <laughs> and so yeah that's who the capitals are at this point um you know trap it up trap it up get ovechkin his goals uh if you have to be inefficient on the power play to do it so be it but yeah i mean there's enough there that i like and yeah so that's why i had the mate team all right we're going to put a pin in our list here, and then we're going to pick back up on part two. Um, we're, yeah, we're, we got to 20. That's not bad. Good. Okay. Good. I was hoping for a bit bit more, but, you know, we, we <laughs> had to talk a lot about, the, about Will Borgen and, and you know, well, key, I think key it was, players I think it was the, the I think it was the Jets' hatred that slowed us up. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> I, well, you know what? I did say at the start, my hope was to get Cam fired up. and You did it, yeah. And we got there. Pierre-Luc Dubois. I hate Yes. <laughs> that's going to be it for the watchability rankings here on the hockey pdo cast we're going to be back with part two tomorrow so keep listening on the sports Day radio network